If you mentioned food insecurity to me a year ago, maybe I would have thought about breadlines during the Great Depression, or about hungry children in faraway countries. But when I think about food insecurity now, I know the problem has many faces. Food insecurity affects one in four students in my own medical school. Before I say anything else, welcome to Firsts. My name is Tino Dollar said, and Firsts is a podcast about first-time medical experiences. It's also about navigating the social and emotional parts of medicine. Today, we're talking about food insecurity among a population you may or may not expect medical students. A new report suggests a growing number of local families are struggling to put food on the table. So just to get a definition straight, food insecurity is a situation where you have limited access to food that is nutritional and safe. Food insecurity basically means not knowing when you'll find your next meal. And that uncertainty now... In a 2018 USDA report, one in nine households experienced food insecurity in 2018 alone. That's more than 37 million Americans. Some of those people are med students. Research shows many students are choosing tuition and books over meals. Mary Flynn, a dietitian and professor at Brown's Medical School, gave a compelling reason to study food security among med students. If you're students of food insecure, the first, the first thing that happens with food insecurity is depression. And depression, depression rates in medical students, this was an article published in December of 2016, I think, in New England Journal, and it was de- medical students with 27% of them were, were depressed. One study of university students in Georgia found that students who are food insecure tended to have lower GPAs and higher rates of depression and anxiety. When I was making this episode, I found very little research on food insecurity among med students. But I wasn't surprised. It's not something that I hear my peers talk about in between classes. Food is so emotional and so personal. Food insecurity in med school has probably been around for a long time, but I can see how it hasn't been a part of conversations yet. People can feel ashamed or embarrassed to talk about what they're eating or not eating. It can definitely be hard to talk about your own unhealthy habits when you're supposed to be the future doctor counseling patients on eating healthy. But my school woke up to this idea of food insecurity among its students when a working group that Mary Flynn was a part of assessed food insecurity at Brown. Since you started medical school, was there ever a time when you did not have enough food? In the last three months, were you ever hungry but didn't eat? The ad hoc food security working group was formed in February of 2019. But people were thinking about food security long before that. Marissa Quinn from the provost office helped to lead the food security working group. She told me a dean was examining what students were using emergency funds for through a program program called called EGAP. EGAP. Is that many students, including graduate students and others, were coming through and asking for emergency funding to support food. In response, the provost office formed a team of students and administrators to assess food insecurity on campus. In the last three months, did you ever cut the size of your meals because there wasn't enough money for food? They sent out a survey to all Brown students about their access to safe and nutritious foods. The results from the survey revealed that 28% of undergrads 
didn't have enough food to eat in the last three months. The survey also uncovered some of the barriers that med students face to high food security. Marissa Quinn shares some of that data. 44% said that they didn't have enough time to get to a grocery store. More than a third said it was because they couldn't afford to eat balanced meals. 15.6% said they weren't able to get to the store that they needed to buy the food that they wanted. And among surveyed med students, 26% had experienced a time during med school where they didn't have enough food to eat. Marissa Quinn gave us a nice overview of the barriers to food security. I want to get into some specifics of some of those things. So when I think of barriers, the first thing that came to my mind was cost. Okay, you've got someone, whether they're on scholarship or wealthy or whatever, they've gone through four years of, of, of undergraduate, they've spent a lot of money on that now, and now they're going to medical school where they're going to spend a whole bunch more money and they don't have time to have a part-time job. More than half of medical graduates in 2018 reported debts of greater than $150,000. It can take several years to pay off those debts. So you can see why students would be reluctant to take out additional loans when they can scrimp on food instead. Med school can often be viewed as a gateway to job security and comfortable living wages. But when students are in school, day-to-day expenses pile on top of the already giant heap of tuition costs. Take Waynesha Blaylock, a third-year med student who had to spend more money buying food during rotations. Getting up super early in the morning and not getting to sleep until late at night, it was really hard to meal prep. So I was eating a lot of cafeteria food. I would say they have healthy options. They have like salads and, um, you know, vegetarian options. But it still costs. Like, if you're eating in a cafeteria every day, it's going to add up, especially if you're eating there for breakfast and lunch. And then if you don't have time to cook dinner, so then you're spending money on dinner, too. So I think not meal prepping and having to, like, buy things at the cafeteria or other places, the cost adds up. Med students like Wainesha, by nature, find solutions to problems. So Inesha started looking for a nutritionist. She wanted to learn how to prepare healthy and cost-effective meals at home. But before she could sit down with a provider, she learned that her insurance wouldn't cover any of her appointments. And the only and that was very upsetting to me because the only way that they would cover the nutritionist is if you had diabetes. And so it was just like a lot of going back and forth with them. And I'm like, okay, so I'll have to develop diabetes for you to cover this, and basically they were like, yeah. Wainesha's obstacles to meal prepping weren't just a problem of cost, but also of time. Even when med students have a pocket of time to cook, maybe they didn't have enough time to buy ingredients. Andrew Del Rey, another third year, ran into this problem during his rotations. There are certain rotations like medicine where you're spending you know, you know, 14 you know, to 16 hours in the hospital or surgery where you're waking up super early and you don't really have a lot of time to prepare something in the morning. Those things provide their own individual obstacles. Then there's the trouble of getting to the right store. Trader Joe's, for example, is 20 minutes away from Brown's med school if you have a car. If you take the bus instead, it's a two-hour round trip. Without a car, you're limited in your food options. Your radius shrinks. 
Hi, I'm Jose. I'm a second year medical student at AMS. Before I had my car, I felt like I was hungry a lot. I, I had actually lost like 15 pounds over the course of a few weeks. Especially if you're in med school, is in an urban environment. That, that's another thing too. The restaurants that are nearby in the Fox Point area are also just kind of pricey. Oftentimes, there aren't any groceries in the city. It's basically a food desert. Okay, so barring all the barriers we were just talking about, let's say you don't have an issue with buying groceries. What if you don't know how to cook? Or what if you don't have enough quick recipes in your arsenal. Okay, so I find that many people don't know how to cook anymore, which is, it's a sort of a lost art. And I think part of the problem is people think of a meal as being complicated. You can say, I don't have time, so I'm gonna get takeout. So first off, of course, it's more expensive. That's a given. But when you think about takeout, you gotta call, place the order, pick it up. The time is gonna be spent someplace. You just have to realize it's not that hard. It's not that hard to do. And again, it's a lot less time and certainly less money. When someone explained to me what the different barriers to food security might be, they told me, imagine following someone's footsteps as they figured out how to make a meal. What problems could this random individual run into? Could it be cost or time, transportation or cooking skills? What about their access to appliances? There are so many things that have to be in your favor in order to be food secure. So I think that it's helpful that we've identified possible barriers that med students face, and now we can start thinking about solutions. This is Senate Bill 2019-04, a bill to improve food security. Dan Kraft, Wayneshe Blalick, and I wrote a bill on food security based on research I had done for this episode. Be it enacted together with administrators, we're forming a task force to find solutions to improve food security at the Albright Medical School. So in this final section, we're gonna to try to answer this question. How do we get to a point where everyone in our community has enough food to eat? When it comes to these types of problems, universities often look at what other schools are doing to tackle similar problems. MIT, for example, has some interesting solutions. They implemented a new program called SwipeShare. Those on a meal plan can donate their extra meal swipes, and other students who need a meal can access those swipes. They also set up an on-campus grocery store. That store sells fresh produce and proteins like meat and tofu, and everything in the store is sold at cost. That means revenue is for keeping the store running. It's not there for profit. It's there for students' benefit. A grocery store can be a tall order to implement, but there are definitely more feasible solutions out there, like food pantries. Local college students have opened a fully stocked food pantry to help address student hunger. More than 200 colleges and universities in America, from the University of Alabama to UC Berkeley, have food pantries on their campus. Stocked with items like canned goods, cereal, and more, the Delmar College Food Pantry is helping any student in need. But just as important as having ingredients, is knowing what to do with them. That's the principle behind some student and faculty-run 
initiatives. And what was frustrating to me was everyone was measuring food insecurity, but nobody was doing anything about it. There was no interventions. And so I thought, well, how do you try to fix this? And Mary I Flynn started a cooking program called Food is Medicine. The program teaches participants how to cook healthy, affordable meals. If you just get a few recipes down, you always have those as your fallbacks. And an elective at Brown's Med School called Food and Health likewise teaches med students about food science, nutrition, and the culinary arts. Food and Health was a class that was... Andrew Del Rey was one of the leaders of the course in 2018, and celebrity chef Dave Lieberman helped found the elective when he was a student in 2013. And he actually was a non-traditional med student who had a show on the Food Network before coming to Brown. Hey, I'm Dave Lieberman with some great tips on how to entertain this holiday season without seeming like a Scrooge. The structure of the course is that we would have five or six cook shops throughout the semester. The cook shops are where students are invited to come to Johnson & Wales University where their cooking school is. is tomatoes, especially cooked tomatoes, because they're high in lycopene. You would have a presentation on, you know, by one of the course leaders. We could talk about like some of the research that's out, some of the more medically relevant aspects of nutrition. And then the second lecture would be by Chef Michael McCooch. He will take the culinary aspect of it and basically make it, you know, Food Network style. A spinach dip. Really simple, just four ingredients, cream cheese, canned spinach. The commercial kitchens, they are exactly what you'd expect by like going to a restaurant's kitchen. Like you have a bunch of different burners and they have like pressure cookers and one of them has like a brick oven and like you're utilizing all these different resources. And I, and I stew it until it's tender and you can serve 10 people. The ability to kind of manipulate the ingredients ingredients that you have to produce meals that are healthy and taste good. I think is the best possible way to promote having a healthy diet. If you provide a patient with the agency and capacity to be able to produce those types of meals where that they actually enjoy them, then it's kind of a self-sustaining process. And it's another way to cut costs without seeming like a Scrooge. For all these recipes, you can go to delmonte.com. Before I wrap up, I just wanted to share that in my first draft of this episode, I wanted to tie the issue of food security among med students to patient care. My original ending said that if we help med students lead healthier lifestyles, it will help them lead their patients to healthier lifestyles. But I realized that we don't need any justification for improving anyone's food security. Food is the most basic human need. Every student should have a right to food. Thank you to Waynesha, Dan, Jose, Andrew, Marissa Quinn, and Dr. Mary Flynn for their help with this episode. Thank you to Drs. Roth and Schrader for their mentorship. Music is from Blue Dot Sessions. And if you have a solution to food insecurity that's worked at your school or one that you think we should try out at Brown, reach out to me at Tino Delamer said at gmail.com. My name's Tino. You've been listening to Firsts.